Thank you for joining us. Remember, you can watch our services live and view our archive at StevensCreekChurch.com, the Stevens Creek app, or on our Roku channel. And if our ministries have touched your life, we'd love to hear about it. Send us an email to mystory@stevenscreekchurch.com. We hope today's message encourages and inspires you. Enjoy the message. Well, good afternoon and welcome to Stevens Creek Church. We are so glad that you're here. And I hope you've had a great week and expecting great things in the coming week. You know, I like to start with something funny. Did you hear about the elderly Catholic priest uh, that was a little tired and he needed some help with his parish? So he contacted the bishop and the bishop sent him this young whippersnapper priest. And uh, the bishop said, hey, you can take a three-month sabbatical. So uh, the priest left and he, after three months he came back and he noticed there's a lot of changes that are going on in the church. So he called the young priest in and said, hey, there's some, a lot of changes I've noticed. There's some good changes and some not so good changes. He said, you know, I noticed you removed the wooden pews and you put padded theater seats. He said, you know what? The people like them and now they sit down front. Oh, that, that's good. He said, oh, I noticed that, uh, that you changed the old traditional music for that contemporary sounds. He said, well, he said, he said, you know what? The young people like that. And they're filling up the auditorium. So that's good. But then he says, you know, but that drive-through confessional, you know that drive-through confessional that has that blinking neon sign that says toot and tell or go to hell, that's got to go. <laughs> Some of you Catholics appreciate that. Well, today we're continuing our series calling Expect Great Things. So how would your life be different if... Tomorrow morning when you got up, you, you went to work and you expected something great to happen at work. What if you came home and, and you looked at your family and, and you just expected great things to happen in your family, maybe with your spouse, maybe with your kids? You know, so many times in life, and instead of expect, expecting something great, we have realistic expectations. We kind of lower the bar. And the reason we lower the bar is because we don't want to be disappointed if we don't make it. I believe that God has a better life for you in mind. And I want to encourage you in this series to start expecting great things. Too many times we get stuck in the ordinary when God has something extraordinary for you. So many times we get stuck praying, God, give me enough to get by when God wants to throw open the windows of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you cannot contain it. Too many times we pray these prayers, oh God, help me manage this situation. Help me to manage this problem. Help me to manage this addiction. When God says, I want to set you free. You see, we ask God for the possible when God wants to do the impossible in your life. This is going to be a year that God is going to have good things in store for you. I really believe that. I believe that he is not only going to answer your prayers, <clears throat> but he is going to do immeasurably more than you ask or even imagine according to the power that works in you. 
He's going to exceed your expectation. He's going to open doors that you never dreamed possible. Over the next few minutes, I want to talk to you about a little-known man in the Old Testament. His name is Jabez. When you look throughout the Scriptures, you only see Jabez mentioned, I think, about in three verses of Scripture. In 1 Chronicles chapter 4, you'll see him mentioned in a whole list of genealogies. And in fact, in the first nine chapters of that book, you'll see genealogy after gen- In other words, 600 names of families mentioned in the first nine chapters of that book. And in the middle of the 600 names, God singles out one man for a special recognition. He was like a, a redwood tree in the midst of a forest of shrubs. And out of those 600 names, God gives Jabez an honorable mention. And you say, what's up with that? What made Jabez so special? Why did he stand out? Why did God honor this man above all the others? You know, when God honors a man, typically it's because he's done something significant. And Jabez, I believe, is set apart because he prayed a big prayer. 1 Chronicles chapter 4, verses 9 and 10 says, Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. His mother had named him Jabez, saying, I gave birth to him in pain. Jabez cried out to the God of Israel, Oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory. Let your hand be with me and keep me from harm so that I'll be free from pain. And God granted his request. Now, these are two short verses there, and what can we learn from these verses about his story? Well, first of all, we see that he was from a family that was not a perfect family. It says Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. Now, we don't know how many brothers he had, but apparently his brothers... um, had a bad reputation. And as a result of that bad reputation, he just they gave that to the entire family, that they were not honorable. They had a bad reputation in the community. What else do we see? When Jabez was born, his mother named him pain or sorrow because if you look in the original language, the name Jabez means painful. So apparently when she gave birth to him, it was during a very difficult time, a very uh, time filled with much grief and, and pain and probably discouragement and hopelessness. When you notice a little bit closer, there are some things that you see, but there are also some things that you do not see, some things that are left out of his story. You see, all throughout the chapters, you start to read the genealogies, and you see um, the names of the heads of families. So-and-so is the father of so-and-so, and and -and so-and-so is the father of so-and-so. And it goes on and on and on. But suddenly, Jabez is introduced, and there's no mention of his father. No paternity, no inheritance, no heritage are mentioned. He was fatherless. And when you get a little bit deeper, you have this sense that Jabez lived under this blight of poverty. And that's why he cried out, oh God, enlarge my territory. God, would you supply my material possessions? And you've got to understand that in Israel at that time, 
the land had been divided among the 12 tribes. And so every family had their lot. Every family had their land. And that land was passed on from generation to generation. And they even instituted the law of Jubilee that every 50 years, the land would be returned to the original families. But here we see Jabez. He's recorded without an inheritance, with no mention of a father's name, with no additional, uh, with the additional information that his brothers were a dishonorable lot. I think this tells us something significant about Jabez, that more than likely his father or his brothers squandered their inheritance and maybe through some kind of irresponsible scheme or maybe some type of gambling uh, uh, problem or something, they lost their land. And now uh, uh, we see that this picture of Jabez, that we see a young man with the cards stacked against him. We see that he has a, an irresponsible father that has his name dropped from the official records of the temple. We see that this man, Jabez, lives with the shame of his dishonorable brothers, and he has no way of earning a living and he has no way of having a, a position of honor or status in the community, that he is simply down on his luck. Have you ever been down on your luck? Have you ever felt like that everything was against you? That every time you take a couple of steps forward, that you end up having to be pushed back and take three steps backwards? Have you ever felt like that every time you try to go forward, that there's this glass ceiling that is keeping you down? You're down on your luck. Some would say that if I didn't have bad luck, I wouldn't have any luck at all. You know, the problem. Well, this was Jabez's life, but he knew where he could find help. He knew that he could find help in the name of the Lord. So Jabez cried out to the God of Israel. He said, oh, that you would bless me. He cried out to God, God, that you would bless me. I believe that his prayer here is the key to the turnaround. And as we look at this prayer, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory, let your hand be on me and keep me from harm so that I'd be free from pain. When we look at this prayer, I believe it speaks to us. In fact, I believe that your life can be blessed by embracing three principles from the prayer of Jabez today. The first one is this. Oh, that you would bless me. First of all, Jabez prayed a very specific prayer. Here's the point. We need to come to pray for God's power. You will encounter the blessings of God when you pray specific prayers. We're on the eighth day of 21 days of prayer. And we have been encouraging you to carve out time during this week to have that conversation with God. But not only that, we've encouraged you to write out your prayers. Last week, we had cards and that you wrote them out and we spread them out over this auditorium. And you need to know that every day this week, people have been praying over you. That's why in your worship guide today, there's a card that looks like this. That we're saying, pray specific prayers, write it out. And we are going to uh, join together and believe that God is going to do something special in your life. Jabez said, bless me. God bless me. How many times, I can't tell you how many times I've prayed that same prayer. God bless me. God bless my family. God bless my work. God, you know, bless the church. God bless America. 
you know, we pray those prayers. And if we're not careful, we will use, we will say those kind of prayers as a, a part of just our memory. It's kind of a rote memory that we just say that and we really don't even mean it. And so when I'm talking to you about praying specific prayers, I'm, I'm talking about prayers that you think about, prayers that you can write them out. Because if you're not careful, sometimes you can say things and you don't even know what you're saying and it can get you in trouble. I'll never forget Patty and I were having breakfast um, with some friends some time ago. It was in the summertime. It was around a pool and we were having breakfast outside. And at one point in the conversation, the husband looked at the wife and said, hey, hey, Lois, can you give me some coffee? And I'm thinking like, okay, who's Lois? And so it was kind of awkward silence there. And I just asked, I said, well, who's Lois? Of course, the the wife said, that's his (laughs) ex-wife. Sometimes you can say stuff without even thinking. (laughs) Let me tell you, you need to be careful about that. Don't call your current wife the name of your ex-wife. Or your current wife may be your ex-wife. Got it? But isn't it so that how we just say things, because we have always said that, and if we're not careful, we'll do the same thing as we have that conversation with God. We'll just say it as a part of our rote memory. God bless me. I want you to think about that. What does it really mean? I want you to pray for God's blessing, but I want you to understand that the blessing of God is really the favor of God. It's God's presence in our lives. It's it's releasing God's power in our lives. It's about drawing close to God, finding Him. It's about knowing Him personally. It's about getting to know Him. And I realize that some of you are new to this. Some of you are new to this concept of church. In fact, you're here because a friend has invited you and And we're so glad that you're here. But you're trying to figure out this God and this Jesus and this church thing and this Christmas and this Easter thing. And you're just trying to figure out, you're pretty fascinated with the experience, but you're not quite convinced that this experience is for you. I just want you to come back next week. And I want you to give God a chance. How about that? Just leave a little room in your heart for the Lord. Just give God a chance. We hear stories about every week almost where people uh, come through these doors and they really don't even know what they're looking for, but they know that there's an emptiness. They know that there's a void. And that void or that pain drives them to a place to look outside of themselves and they walk through these doors. And they really can't explain what they they sense here because they don't have the vocabulary to explain it. But they, they talk about how it touches them in a deep place. I hear people talk about, said, man, when I walked through the doors, it was like the tears started streaming, and, and they, can't, they didn't understand why, because it was the presence of the Lord touching them in a very deep place. And so if that's you, I just want you to, to come, because that's what I want. I want you to experience this. This session today is more than just a history lesson. We want you to come here to experience God's presence and to experience God's power. We want you to learn something, but more than that, we want you, along with that knowledge, we want you to experience something. Jabez is saying, Lord, above all else, let me know that you're my God and I belong to you and you belong to me. 
And all that's wrapped up in this concept of blessing. He said, he cried out to the God of Israel, oh, that you would bless me. And notice this, enlarge my territory. He is very specific here when he prays that. I want you, God, to give me more territory. Literally, he's saying, I want land. Give me land. This, I believe, is a prayer for opportunity. It means that he wanted to find a way to break out of what was limiting him. So many times, uh, that's what we need. We need a prayer of opportunity because we feel like that we're being held back. And it could be that we're held back by our past. It could be we're held back by other things. Maybe it's our addictions. Maybe it's our own issues. Maybe it's our way of thinking. Maybe it's the way people talk to us. Some of you feel like that you've been held back at work, that you've been put in a job and that there's no opportunity for growth in that position. There's no way for you to advance, to be fulfilled, to be satisfied. And this, if this is your case, this is the proper prayer for you. God, give me that opportunity. Let me find it. God, open the door. God, open the door. Expand my territory. God, give me an opportunity. I believe if you'll pray that, God will hear and answer that prayer. You know, this past week, Stevens Creek Church received one of those opportunities, just last Sunday, an opportunity that we were not expecting. In fact, if you um, were sitting at my Thanksgiving table a few weeks ago and you would have said that this happened to the church, I said, there's no way that that's going to happen. You say, what is it? Well, this uh, last Sunday... Uh, the bishop of our conference, of the North Georgia Conference, sent a representative down to the South Point Church of God. And during that service, he appointed me as their pastor. And in essence, what he is saying and what this appointment means is that now that building, now that location, now all that property belongs to Stevens Creek Church. And now we are responsible as a congregation uh, to help that congregation reach the community and fulfills really the mission he's called us. Now, some of you uh, have ridden by that church before. Some of you haven't. Here's a picture of it. And so that's uh, a picture of it. And then you've got an aerial shot next. And kind of, um, you see that property. Some of you have driven by it for years. Uh, this is also the property where we have our dream center. And we worked up a a deal, uh, an arrangement with them several years ago to plant a Dream Center on that property. And it's probably as a result of that investment in the Dream Center and our investment in other uh, missions endeavors that the bishop saw that and wanted uh, us to take over this, uh, this property. Now, it's really interesting. What a, an incredible opportunity. But, you know, with every opportunity, there are opportunity costs involved in it. And the very reason that, that we're called in, because the congregation is in a place where um, it is in a place that it cannot handle the opportunity that it has. I met with the congregation on Wednesday night and had 43 people there. And there's no way 43 people can, can really fund and do the work appropriately uh, in that congregation. And that's why we are uh, invited to be a part of this. And it's kind of interesting, I, I met with him. So on Monday, I was my first official day as the leader of that church. And so uh, on Monday, I got a call from the bank and I later found out that mortgage payment hadn't been paid since November. On Tuesday, then we had uh, someone to come 
uh, had leaks at the Dream Center. And so we said, can we get the roof uh, fixed at the Dream Center? Can you patch it? And said, oh, well, it's been patched too many times. You need a new roof. Oh, that's $27,000. Uh, uh, you need insulation with that? Oh, there's more than that. And then every day there's been uh, an announcement like this. And, and so I realized that this is an opportunity, but it, there's cost involved. When you think about it, there's probably going to be around $200,000 that we need to help bring this congregation up to, uh, to free and clear of some things in addition to their mortgage. And then we probably need to another, invest another 200000 just to get it uh, at a comparable ministry standard of Stevens Creek. Not building standard, but just to, to do the work we've been called to do. And so you think about it. Isn't it interesting that God did that when... At Thanksgiving, I would have said, what? And the reason I mentioned Thanksgiving is because, you see, we do our budgets, and our budgets have to be in by, by November to get ready for the next year. So this means that this was not a part of our budget, that this is a unique opportunity that we've been given. Here's what I know. I think God did this because he saw your generosity. And he has seen over the last two years where this church has been radically focused on eliminating debt. You know, we, two years ago we started with two loans and we've just been radically focused on eliminating debt to the point where uh, loan number A, we call it, is down to probably about $250,000 and that will be paid off, which will free up about 16000 a month. But in the last two years, we've paid down nearly $2 million and that's in addition to... Uh, to doing many projects with cash. I think God saw our diligence with that. And God honored that by enlarging our opportunities or enlarging our territory. Now, here's what you need to understand, that he has done that for the church, but you are the church. And so I want you to see yourself as the church and what God has done for the corporate body, God is going to do for the individuals. And so I want you to see that you're the recipient of God's blessing, that you're the recipient of God's opportunity, that God is here to enlarge your territory. God is here to open the doors of opportunity for you. God is here to, to break glass ceilings in your life and in your family's life, that this is the year that we're going to expect him to move, that this is the year we're going to expect great things in our lives. Amen. But it begins when we start praying specific prayers. And this is what Jabez prayed. He prayed a specific prayer. What are you praying for? And some of you are thinking, well, I don't know if I've really prayed. Here's, listen to James chapter 4 and verse 2. It says, you do not have because you have not asked God. So many times we live below our potential because we have not included God in our plans. We have not included God in our opportunities. We do it on our own. And when we do everything with our own strength and our own power, we're living below the potential that God has for us. There comes a point where we need to call on him. This is the message of Jeremiah 33 and 3. It says, call to me and I will answer you and I will tell you great and unsearchable things that you do not know. Over and over in the Bible, we see words like ask and seek 
and knock. Over 20 times in the New Testament, we're commanded to ask. And so many times, we are living below our potential because we have not included, we have not asked God to be a part of this challenge, this opportunity, this new career, this uh, purchase of a house or car or whatever else. We've just done it on our own. When you do it on your own, you're operating alpha out of the arm of the flesh, and God wants you to operate with the arm of the Spirit, that His Spirit touches you and enables you to do more than you thought you could do. Here's the second thing. I want you to pray for God's presence. For the more responsibility you have, the closer you need to be to God. Jabez said, oh, God, let your hand be with me. Now, what does he mean by that? I think Jabez realizes that his future is uncertain, and he wants God to, to guide him and to lead him. I pray that prayer often. God, would you please guide me? Would you lead me? I often pray this prayer. God, would you open the doors that I should walk through? But I also pray, God, please, please close the doors that I should stay away from. God, show me, direct me, guide me. Let it be evident. God, I don't want to go the wrong way. I don't want to make another mistake. God, I want to be in the center of your will for my life. So it's not the most complicated prayers that we need to pray. It's those simple ones. God, lead me. God, guide me. God, help me. Sometimes it's the two-word prayers that really open the doors of our future. As we walk through those doors, God's going to expand your territory. He's going to give you opportunity. But you need to understand this. Greater responsibility requires greater sensitivity to the Lord. Greater responsibility. Some of you are praying, God, would you give me a promotion? God, would you give me influence at school? God, would you give me influence in the community? Greater responsibility requires a greater sensitivity to the Lord. Because the bigger your family gets, the more responsibility it's going to take. The bigger your career gets, the more responsibility it's going to take. The bigger this church gets, the more responsibility that it's going to take. And the larger that your opportunity gets, you've got to understand the more problems you're going to have, the more difficulties you're going to be faced with, the more relationships you've got to learn how to manage, the greater demands that are going to come on you, and there will be more pressures that you have to deal with. And we're praying, oh God, give me that promotion, but understand that when you pray for that opportunity, that along with that opportunity comes that responsibility. And so you need God's presence. And you need to be sensitive to his promptings. I believe that God does have uh, an enlarged territory for you. But I'm telling you, as you walk through those doors and you step into your future. I want you to keep your ear listening to God's promptings, and I want you to be uh, willing to, to turn when he says turn and to stop when he says stop and willing to step out when he says step out. I said there's three things. Here's number three. I want you to pray for God's protection. Your weakness is an opportunity to experience God's strength. Your weakness 
is an opportunity for you to experience God's strength. Jabez cried out to the God of Israel, oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory. Oh, God, let your hand be on me and keep me from harm so that I can be free from pain. God, let your hand be on me. The larger your territory becomes, the larger your borders become, the more critics that you're gonna have. You've gotta understand that. You know, your biggest struggles in life are critics and circumstances, okay? And you've got to understand as you step into this new season and you step into the blessings of God, you've got to understand that there will be critics that will come knocking on your door. And those critics will tell you every reason why you cannot move forward, why you don't deserve this, why this is not for you, and who do you think you are. You cannot allow the negative voices to keep you from God's best. God has an increased responsibility for you. God has a larger territory for you. But as you go, take this land. You've got to go in his presence and in his power, and you must have his protection. You've got to say, God, protect me in this. And that's what Jabez was praying. Let your hand be on me and keep me from harm. He knew that the enemy was coming after him. But he was going to take a stand against the enemy. He was going to push back the enemy. And this week, as you march forward into your future, this week, as you declare that you're taking the land, I want you to take a stand and, under, and realize that you need the power of God, and God's going to come bring protection. And yes, they may come against you. But your promotion does not come from the east or west, but your promotion comes from the Lord. And he is going to go with you. And God can handle it. God can handle anything that comes your way. He said, Lord, let your hand be with me and keep me from harm so that I will be free from pain. And, and notice this, verse 10, and God granted his request. God did it. I don't think that Jabez received an angelic visit. I don't believe that he received a voice from the clouds. I don't think there was a warm glow that came over him. I just feel like that Jabez took that step and walked in faith. And that as he stepped out, those doors very quietly opened. And there's probably an opportunity for them to buy a little piece of land and perhaps to raise a crop on it. And maybe he got some more money and he is able to restore the family inheritance. And gradually uh, and gradually, he started to repair the reputation of his family as he started to grow in this blessing. I want you to take that step and realize it may be a little step. It may mean just tomorrow, that tomorrow you're gonna go into work and you're gonna go into your, your world and you're gonna expect something great. You're not gonna be worried about a six months to nine months to a year down the road. You're gonna deal with tomorrow and tomorrow you're gonna stand in faith. Tomorrow you're gonna do this. 
And I think little by little, God will increase you so that you will be able to handle the responsibility and handle the blessing that he has already planned for you and ordered for you. God is growing you up. You see, when God looks at you, he sees that you are the head and not the tail, that you are above and you're not beneath. You've got to see yourself and this opportunity through God's eyes. Let me close it out. I said there's three verses in the Bible that mention Jabez. Let's look at the third verse. It's in a couple of chapters away from this. First Chronicles chapter 2 and verse 55. Interesting. It said, And the clans of scribes who lived at Jabez... Now, the account goes to list who they were, but here we see that Jabez is the name of a place. I believe that this is indicative of the fact that when this young man won back his property, bought back his property, and received his inheritance, that he took this land that he now has, and he made it a place where the scribes could come to study. Because not only was Jabez a man of prayer, but now we see he was a man of God's word. And he wanted his land, he wanted his inheritance to be one that would promote the word of God uh, to their generation. And so he developed uh, a training school or a training school um, for the ministry was developed on his property. And so now we see the clans of the scribes who lived at Jabez. That's how God changes your life, little by little. And then until you get to a point that you look back and you see how God has blessed you so much more than you even imagined. Some of you right now, if you could just look back over the last several years, if, if, if in 2010 you look forward at where you are now, you would have never dreamed of the blessings that you are now living in. But you have been faithful and God has honored your faith. God has honored your steps. God has honored your investment. God has honored the work of your hands. And if he has brought you to this point, I want you to start believing him for even something greater. Something greater. And I want you to understand that you need the presence of God in order to accomplish what he's called you to do. You can't do it on your own. And we're in 21 days of prayer. And for 21 days, we're calling on the name of the Lord. We're saying, God, get the junk out of our lives and fill us with the presence of the Holy Spirit. Prayer, more than any other single activity, is, is the very thing that places us in the flow of his spirit. And so as we close out this service, I want you just to pray, God, fill me with your spirit. God, get the junk out of my life. Put me on the path that I can walk in your, uh, in, toward the territory that you have for me. And that you will see his blessings released in your life. Well, message is over. Now let's move from the classroom to the lab session.
and let's invite God to move in us. What do you need from God today? What is that thing that when you walk through the doors, when you drove on the property, you're saying, God, I wish this would change, or God, I wish this was better. Those things that you've been wrestling, what are they? I want you to take a moment. I want you to think about that. We're going to pray. And maybe some of you will be bold enough just to write them down and be specific and say, God, I am asking you to do this. And you just write it down. But I want to pray for you. And I want to believe the Lord's going to hear and answer this prayer. Those of you that are, that are watching right now, I challenge you to write it out. Maybe you send an email to, to prayer at stevenscreekchurch.com and say, look, I need prayer for this. And you need to know that tomorrow morning, that people, scores of people, will be taking these cards and calling on the name of the Lord. And we are expecting great things in your life. In your life. We're expecting your life to be better. So are you ready? What do you need from God? Give it to Him and let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I just thank you for this opportunity just to share this word, and I ask that you would anoint this word, that it, would, uh, it has gone forward, and now it will accomplish what you desire it to accomplish. Father, I pray for the families here. I pray for those families that uh, feel the weight of responsibility. I pray, God, that you would give them the strength and the wherewithal to press through the difficulties, press through the critics, press through the circumstances, and God, that you would allow them to prevail. God, I speak life over this church. I speak hope over you in your life. I pray for the families represented. I pray for the, uh, the kids, the students here, Lord. That God, you would enlarge their heart. And God, that you would give them the eyes to see. To see um, in the spiritual realm where they will know the path to take. Father, I pray that you would bring blessing and that you would bring protection over this church. We pray these prayers in the strong name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen. God bless you today. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you would like to help support the ministries of Stevens Creek Church, please go to stevenscreekchurch.com and click the Give button. See you next time.